Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, and how are you this week? We are Ayers on the Road. We have been on the road between our hotel and a tennis tournament all week. <laughs> oh, that sounds like the back life of forth, Riley. Oh, we've been doing some serious work. We're in Indian Wells. We're in the desert, and it is a beautiful desert. This is the time to be here, although it was cold at the beginning of the week and rainy, but it's turned out nice now, and we love these tennis tournaments, especially Linda. She just loves those tennis tournaments. <laughs> oh, Richard is like a little kid in a candy store when we get over there. We walk in the gate, and I never see him again until 5 o'clock that night. We talk on the phone once in a while, but he just has to see everything. And so um, he does. And I see lots of things, but not everything. If any of you have never been to a tennis tournament, even if you're not a particular tennis fan or a tennis player, I think tennis tournaments are, are among the most unique sporting events in the world because unlike a basketball game or a football game or, a, you know, you, you, you just go all day. And in, in this case here in Indian Wells, there's, there's 10 courts and you walk around and find the best match you want and you, and you watch it. We're going to Wimbledon in the summer, and there you'll have like 25 courts, and the first week is the best time to come because there's 128 men playing, 128 women playing, uh, plus a lot of doubles and so on. And uh, a lot of people go just because they want to see the big names. They want to see Rafa Nadal or Novak Djokovic or someone that they've heard of. We go because we like to to find third sets, final sets, or at a tournament like Wimbledon, there are five sets, so you try to find a fifth set or the deciding set. There's a lot of drama, a lot of excitement in that, and I think the atmosphere is kind of unique, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you have to know that we have a history on this. So um, we've lived in London for a while, and... We've been several times and we're so lucky. And actually every year Richard sends in lottery. Uh, what do you call them? <laughs> yeah, tries get, tries to get the lottery. the lottery. You can't just buy a ticket. You just have to be part of a lottery. And you if and we've been we've been on the lottery. We just renew it every year for like 10 years, right? And this year I won the lottery. <laughs> we got two <laughs> tickets. And so we are so excited to go because it's just impossible unless you're a billionaire. I mean, if you want to fork out thousands of dollars for a ticket, you could probably get in, but lots of thousands. It's great, great atmosphere and fun to see how into it people are. It really is. And, and of course, we're combining it with some other things while we're there. We're going to be in Europe a couple of times in the next three months, once in Zurich to be with our son Talmadge and his beautiful wife, Anita, and their lovely daughter, Nina. We can't wait for that. And then that'll be in April. And then we'll go back in June and part of July and just see a little of this tennis. And then we'll get back here. We'll do some speaking while we're there and we'll get back here in time for 
the family reunion. The annual family reunion. You know, we were with some people the other night who we've just met. They don't know us, and we don't know them. We'd met them at the tennis tournament and playing tennis with them, and we were just talking about our families the other day. And <laughs> Last night, to be exact. <laughs> Last night, to be exact. And something, it, it was just unique because we don't know them at all, so we're really watching them and, you know, learning about them and so on. And when we were talking about our family reunion and that we'll have 56 people there, they were looking at us like we were from another planet, like like <laughs> we were aliens. And, and I thought, well, you know, every every everyone has a story and everyone's story is unique right right everybody does and they had very unique stories one man was uh, born in india in bangalore pakistan i think he said um well maybe it was part of pakistan then but yeah. anyway um then Bangladesh. uh his wife was a mail order wife from russia yeah yeah <laughs> and they were delightful they, they were, were so great. fun and, uh, the other couple was each on their third marriage, um, but really wonderful people. Really nice people. people. Yeah. There are just so many good people all over and so many, <clears throat> so many stories. I mean, we used to think if we could just, you know, you, the, the, really, the way to learn a lot is not to try to do everything yourself or see everything yourself. It's to learn from everyone else who has a world full of experience. It's absolutely incredible. The people that we meet are so remarkable. Um, we love just meeting people with different backgrounds and different issues that they've dealt with in their lives and and have come out on top. I mean, everybody has a lot of um, sorrow and sadness in their lives, but it's amazing how well people can come through those kinds of things and the things they learn from those hard things. And that really ties into our subject matter today. We're going to go back to our series on, <clears throat> excuse me, on three-letter lessons. And the three-letter lesson today is an abbreviation of a very, very interesting word. The three letters are T-C-H, and the word is touch. And I, I want to start off by paying Linda a compliment. I, I, uh, I. There's many things I admire about you, honey. One of them <laughs> is how quickly you create a connection with someone. I bet I've watched you on two hundred uh, airplane yeah. flights where, you know, I'll usually sit in the aisle and Linda sits in the middle seat, and then there's always someone in the window seat on the other side of her. And I am amazed at Linda's ability to draw that other person out. And she'll she'll talk to him, ask him the right questions. And within 10 minutes, they're her best friend. You just have something about you. <laughs> no. no, you do. People trust you and they want to share with you. And they, they, they just find you, I don't oh, know, attractive no, and no, ingratiating. Everybody you sit no. by is an interesting person. I know, I know. It doesn't but, matter. But a lot of people wouldn't talk to just anyone, but something about you. And, and here's what I think. I think part of it is touch. You have a wonderful way. You'll, and this is a stranger, so you don't want to touch them in any way that seems aggressive or, or invasive, but you have a way of just putting your finger lightly on their arm or just, just a tiny little touch. And somehow 
that touch opens them up and they trust you and they talk and I just sit there and listen. I don't I'm amazed know that I how do much that. they'll say I don't you. know that I touch people always on No, you do it instinctively, but it's but, very non invasive, very, very that's what our subject is, is well, thank the you power of touch, T C H. Uh it is really interesting, I think. And I'm kind of a touchy person. Um I f- I do feel attached to people. Um sooner than maybe you do but i feel and i just touched you when i said that yeah she, she just <laughs> we're sitting here together doing this podcast and when she makes a point she just did a light little touch on my arm and it makes a connection well i just i have been reading the scriptures the last couple of uh weeks especially this week because it, we're in the new testament and whether or not you're a member or uh, of our church or whether you are a Christian or whatever, this applies, I think. But I just think that it, so often it mentions how often the Savior touches people. Sometimes it's to heal them, but sometimes it's just a touch. And sometimes people have touched him and made, yeah, you know, made, made, that made connection. a difference. Um, it's just <clears throat> been so interesting to uh, contemplate that this week as I've been thinking about touch. Um it is an important thing. And some people don't like to be touched and that's okay. Um, but it is really, really an interesting uh, way to communicate with people. And we want you to think of this word, this word peg. That's what these three letter lessons are. Just little touchstones in our own mind using the word touch again, a touchstone where the, the, the three letter word TCH is just a way of thinking, a way of living, a way of sort of, perceiving and it's so fun to think of what a broad word that is touch let me i mean i'll even connect it to where here we are watching this tennis tournament and the thing that actually separates great tennis players from good tennis players listen up linda this is my lesson on tennis today <laughs> thinking someday and, you're going to make me great <laughs> no it, it's not it, work. it is the, the thing that separates the great from the good is actually touch it's not power it's not even accuracy because all players at the top levels of the game have tremendous power and they have tremendous accuracy but some have a touch and and Sometimes tennis commentators call it hands. That he has good hands. That he has asbestos hands. He could just he just feels the ball, and it's a, it's a matter of touch. And someone will hit a delicate shot, or put a little extra twist, or a little different slice on a ball, and it turns it into a winner. And and, and tennis players call that touch. That was great. You'll hear someone say, "Wow, great touch." And so there's a lot of ways to use this word. Um, You've probably heard the phrase, a touch of class. You know how sometimes you go to a dinner party or you'll you'll be with someone and there's just something about them. They just have a touch of class. They just have, you know, a a way of just finishing something off or... Yeah, it doesn't have to be a physical touch. Yeah. It's just... uh... A touch of lemon, you know, or a touch of lime really changes the flavor of things. Changes the recipe. Yeah. I do think that the word is just fascinating. There's so many things to think about. Um, There's a touch in the weather. There's, 
you always think there's just a little moisture in the air, a little touch moisture. There's and yeah. Oh, there was a little hummingbird <laughs> just yeah, by our were, window. Right we were talking, a, a little, little hummingbird just came along and made his little touch. Wish we had it. A... He doesn't touch things for long. Let's <laughs> no. <face it. laughs> so, so, so don't think of this three-letter word or three-letter lesson just as physical touch. I mean, what you want to do is be able to touch someone emotionally. And you want to be touched by their emotion. We often say, oh, you know, that really touched me, what you said, you know? Right. That really, what, what that speaker said really touched me. And that, that's kind of a neater word than it really reached, it, you know, it yeah, reached me that. or whatever. There's just something about the word touch. It's a delicate word, and yet it's powerful. And and we use it quite a lot, but we just did a uh, uh, Zoom call just before we came on today with a group of educators who are um, embracing a program that our kids are doing for a, a business, but they're mostly principals and vice principals and people who are working with second language uh, learning, learning, language learning. And um, we started talking about the old days when we were on the Oprah show and, and that was so long ago that it was impossible to um, to think that they would even remember Oprah, some of them, because she's been gone for a long time. And one not gone, just not on the air. She's been off the air. Yeah. <laughs> she's still she's, around. <laughs> she's still powerful. But anyway, uh, this one woman in the audience just said, you know, I saw you on that show. And she remembered I, that, and it's like t- more uh, than 20 she years ago. She remembered that, and I, she said, I had grew up in a family with seven children, and to hear that you had, see that you had six on stage and then three others was so important to me. And I was so touched by that, that yeah. she would remember that after yeah. all these years. Well, she said, she used the word touch. And then I she said, I was really touched that by that show. And I had not thought of that until this moment that it, I was, that was a really touching experience for us. Like, gosh, that is so sweet that she and internalized that and remembered it. So, so stay with us. We're going to take just a little break and then we're going to delve even deeper, much deeper into this interesting concept of touch. And we're going to try to convince you along with us to sort of make it part of your persona, your your lexicon, your your way of being to, to understand and, and use the concept of touch to make better connections emotionally, physically, and, and even spiritually. So hang on, we'll be right back after this brief break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back today talking about the word touch, or TCH, as Richard likes to abbreviate it. Actually, you know, you um, like abbreviations, and I've known that for years, <laughs> but to do TCH for touch is just different. But well, well, if you saw the word, if you saw the letters TCH and you had to pronounce it, what would you say? Touch. Touch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it is an interesting thing to think about. It's something that we 
have not ever talked about before, even with each other. But it is so interesting that it touch does make an enormous difference in our lives. Obviously, with a new baby, that is the first thing that they feel when they come to Earth, when they enter the world. And babies that don't get touched, we know from our experience in Romanian Romanian orphanages, they become sick, they become despondent, they become affected both mentally and and physically by the fact that they're not touched. Oh, my favorite thing in the world, when I'm allowed to come into a delivery room with one of my children or uh, daughters or daughters-in-law for a birth, is that usually when the baby's born, they rush him off, and they don't do this so much anymore, but it used to be they always rush him off to the lights, get things done and so on, and while they take care of the mother, and uh, I get to go over there and hold hands with that baby while he's under the lights. He's just grasping for something. And it's just the first chance I have to hold those little hands. And it is such a dear moment for me. To it think is, that's the first time that little human has ever been touched. Well, has held hands yeah, yeah. with somebody. I mean, it really is such a marvelous experience. And immediately they calm as soon as they can grab with both hands. But touch is just so important from that moment all the way through life. So, and for those of you who are new to this concept of three-letter lessons, let me just give it like a 30-second review. So, uh, one or two times every month on the podcast, we just we pick a word, a three-letter word, that we think has the ability to become part of subconscious uh, identity in terms of who you are. And this is the 24th one, Linda. This is no three-letter lesson number 24. And if if you want, you can go back through the earlier episodes and pick any of those three-letter <laughs> lessons that, you re- that really appeal to you. Like we all have sort of favorite words, favorite things that we like to say, that's what I try to do. That's that that's part of what I'm trying to become, right? And right. so and so this idea of touch, again, the more you think about it, the more different uses there are for for that word. Um it's kind of an onomatopoeia, you know, touch. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you touch and then you release, touch and release. Um, it really is an interesting word in our vocabulary because it means so much to so many people. And some people, you know, just we I have met people. <laughs> yeah, who do not do want not to touch want you to in any way. They don't want yeah. to be touched physically. They don't want to be touched emotionally. They don't want to be touched spiritually. They yeah, want to be left lot, alone. A lot of ways, yeah. And and in a way that, you know, I mean, everyone to each his own, but in a way, and, and we even associate that sometimes with, with, we shouldn't, we should never stereotype people, but you know, a lot of people who haven't lived in England for a long time, like we think of the British as sort of stiff upper lip, you know, independent, just kind of formal, uh, whereas they might think of Italians, oh, those Italians will hug you and they'll touch you and all this. And you don't want to stereotype people, but there is <laughs> a real power in this touch. In fact, you mentioned we were just before we did this podcast, we were speaking to this group of educators and, um, there's a, the company we were representing is actually um, our son's company. It's called Allegra Learning, and it's a company that creates software and, and 
and sells to school districts and others this program for teaching American-accented verbal English, but it also teaches values and so on. And so what I find interesting in connection with this subject is there the company motto is a life full of meaningful connections. And you hear a lot in, in business vernacular and in a lot of self-improvement books and so on these days, the, the key word is connection. Connection. You got to connect. Before you can sell someone something, you've got to connect. Before you can do this or that, you, you first got to make that connection. And that's just, I think, a bigger, longer, more clumsy word for touch. You need to touch. You need to be in touch when we're in touch with someone. And we use that all the time. Oh, I've, I've I need to, we need to stay in closer touch, you know? Right, right. We don't say closer communication because something in us wants more than just a conversation. We want touch. We want a connection. And who you are, you know, does relay. I mean, it touches people. I mean, your persona and so on right. does touch them, whether it's not, it's not physical touch. We're talking about touching and you're talking about uh, different personalities according to nationality. And there is, there is something to, yeah, that's true. Uh, because yesterday I was watching a tennis uh, match and one guy was an Italian and the other guy was British. And it was <laughs> really interesting that they relayed their country background in the way they played. This Italian guy, every every point that he missed, he was so upset. He was just, oh. And at the very end of the match, he threw his racket because he lost at the last second. You know? And I just thought, oh, that is so Italian. Because they just carry <laughs> yeah, you their... got to be careful, though, you know. <laughs> but you do have to be careful. And the other guy, you know, was British, was so soft-spoken and so on. But he, he did win, but he wasn't, like, jumping around the court. But it is really interesting that you do relay how you touch people by your actions yeah, and by the yeah. things that you say and your conversation. Well, and I'm so. back to what I said about you. You, you have, you've never offended anyone because your touch is just. Oh, like we don't know that. Two fingers on the arm, and we you, can. you do it. You don't even know you do it. It's just you <laughs> sort of saying, "I care about you. I'm focused on you. I'm listening to you." You know, you, you read a lot these days about. People, the word seen is, you know, I feel seen. I feel like you see me. I feel like, you know, I'm relevant because you, I, I, I don't feel invisible anymore. I feel like you're paying attention to me. And again, that's just another way of saying this lovely little thing called touch. And if we can just have that a little, just a touch of elegance, a touch of flavor a touch of interest a touch of sympathy you know right all those things if you reflect on the people that you love the most or admire the most or the people who are bothering you <laughs> the most um <laughs> it's because of how they how they touch you and not and i'm not saying physical touch but how they touch your soul yeah um you know there's some that are just uh grizzly i mean <laughs> They just push away anything that you say. Um, if you're, we could be talking about a two-year-old, but we we are talking about people in general. But it is so interesting that how you are touched by people is their persona. It's it's not just a physical touch. Well, let's go back to Jesus for a minute because you know most of you listening are probably Christians, but 
I find that even even people who claim to be atheists and so on, there's this tremendous sort of almost mysterious admiration for Jesus, because when you read stories of Jesus, it's all about his connection. He connected to everyone. He connected, even he connected to people, his own apostles didn't want him to even be around. They're like, you shouldn't be here, Master. These are these are not people we should be with. And and he he just brushed that off. He, he wanted to connect to everyone. And you brought up earlier, Linda, how often it was through touch. I mean, we know those of us who are believing Christians, we know Jesus didn't have to touch the blind man's eyes in order to cure them. He could have just said you're cured just like he did with the yeah he did centurion that servant yeah. who, who he never even saw he just said okay he's cured but usually the savior chose to touch and in some cases one of our favorite stories we were studying last week was the the woman who as jesus went through a crowd a congregation a, a heavily congested space she had enough faith that if she could just get close enough to not only not touch him, just to touch his robe, to touch an element of his clothing, that she would be healed. And then I find it so interesting that when that happened, Jesus said, who, who touched, touched me? me? That was his question. Yeah. I mean, it makes you cry to think about it. He who, was so Who touched me? And, yeah. his, and his apostle said, well, what do you mean? There's there you're, you're being... You're in a crowd. You're pressing up against people. Everyone's touching you. But, of course, he meant, no, someone touched me and virtue went out of me. Someone made that connection. Isn't that someone interesting? touched me. Wow. And, you know, then when he, when he, usually in his healing or his teaching, there was an element of touch. If not physical, then deeply emotional and deeply right. spiritual. right. Um, as we deal with our families, we th if we think about it in terms of touch, um, when was the last time I've touched this child emotionally? And what's going on in their life? Do they need more touch from me? Um, and I'm, again, I'm not saying physical touch, although that might be part of it. But I just think, you know, if we go through the people that are dearest to us and think, how can I touch this person yeah, more, yeah. you know, uh, more deeply so that they really understand how much I love and appreciate them? Um, and that's not just always words. Sometimes it can be touch, but sometimes it can be words. It is just really so uh, such an interesting thought. In fact, you know, honey, I may change. We, we've, we've been doing this little thing lately. We've realized that with with the power of electronics, with the power of texting or emailing, you can, and whoever you are, anytime you want, you can sit down in front of a computer or on your phone and you can make someone happy right at that moment. You can just you can send them a little thing, yeah. I love you. I'm just going to send you this note. Or I was thinking of you yesterday. I know you were... In a, in a challenging situation or just you have the power to make someone happy instantly by sending them the right thing. And I'm, I'm going to change that. We've been saying, who, who did you make happy today, honey? And we, we try to figure out a way to do that every day electronically. 
But I think it would be actually better to say, who did you touch today? Who did you reach out and touch? Even if it was nothing more than I'm thinking of you or whatever. Right. In fact, I woke up this morning with kind of a start. And my first thought was, we miss Peter's Federation piano solo. Our little grandson. Uh, Our little grandson, who's 11. And we were not there for that. And I haven't heard Hazel play the piano for a long time. And what are so-and-so do? I mean, we, we went through, in my mind, it just went through, oh, my goodness, how can we... Um, how can I touch this person yeah. today? And it's so easy with electronics and texts and um, FaceTime. And there's so many things we can do to be connected that is just not possible in the past. So one more quick little story, and then you get the last word, honey. You always get the last word. People don't realize that, but it's true. <laughs> um, I remember once when we were dating, that's going back a long way, and you told me, that you had a favorite symphonic melody and you said it's by Samuel Barber and it's called Adagio for Strings. And I remember going to the library. This was before you could just go on a computer and find that song. I remember going to the library and getting that recording and listening to Samuel Barber's Adagio for Strings and it touched me. It's such an emotional, beautiful piece. And in my mind, I said, that is Linda. That's how she makes me feel, just like this piece of music. Oh, does. you're so sweet. So that's that's a story. And I, I want all of you to try in your own way to think about the word touch or the three-letter lesson, T-C-H, this week and See if it changes you. And see if it changes others. Touch somebody that you haven't touched for a while, whether it's uh, physically or um, through the Internet. It Both of them count. So we hope that you join us in thinking about touch this weekend. We'll see you next time on Iris on the Road. Bye till then. Bye.